Welcome, friend, to the Busy Vibrant Mom podcast. Are you struggling to be more productive in your home and be more productive overall? Are you struggling with purposeful parenting? I know why. It's because you are an extroverted stay-at-home mom and you are putting yourself in a bucket with every other stay-at-home mom out there who is telling you all the ways to be more organized and productive and get more done and be a patient parent. And it's just not working, right? You are empty, unfulfilled, lonely, exhausted, and you don't have the energy that you know is there for you somewhere. I have the answer. Hi, I'm Michelle Bird, and I have been in your fancy shoes, my friend. The answer is to understand that the extroverted stay-at-home mom needs specific solutions that will help fill our bucket so that we can pour from a full cup, so that we can be more productive and purposeful in our parenting. Get ready, reheat that coffee, pop in your earbuds, and come hang out with me. It's time for today's show. Hello friends, welcome to a quick tip time saver. Today we will be talking about practical tips on how to stop the cry for more screen time. Do your kids cry for more screen time? Mine do. (laughs) Here are some practical tips that I have found have helped us keep our kids from crying too much, I should say, for screen time. They still like to think that they can get away with it. But here are four practical steps to just guide you and help you take this on because every parent has this issue. Number one, so talk with your spouse about how much screen time is appropriate and what that looks like for your family what it looks like, where they'll be, what they'll be on, what device, that kind of thing. We have talked about it and Stephen and I have figured out that during the week, it's just too much for our kids to be on screen time. They're at school and they're sometimes on a screen, but they've got homework to do when they come home. Their brains need a break. They need to go outside and play. So We do not have any screen time during the week, and that's just a thing we do. So number one is to talk with your spouse, figure out what boundaries are appropriate, what kind of things you both agree on that you'd like to establish. Number two, all screens should live and be used in public spaces. So this is also to prevent not only your kiddos from Let's say they're doing homework and then they switch to chatting with friends. We have one who likes to do that. Or maybe they're doing homework on their computer and they switch to playing Minecraft instead of doing the math lesson that they're supposed to do online. So it keeps them honest in front of you because you can always just check their screen or (laughs) we have also been able to see reflections of their screen against other objects in the house, like maybe a window or a door and noticed that they are not doing what they should. This also protects them from maybe going to pornographic sites or sites that are gory or just not meant for them. So one of the rules in our house, as well as I would hope in your house, is to have all screens in public spaces. So 
as I said, for us, it's downstairs. We're usually in the kitchen or the living room, or we will bring a child into the office and say, okay, daddy's in the office working. You can sit next to him and work on your iPad, or you can play games or whatever it is. So it's always a public space that they're using their screen. Screens don't go upstairs. And at the end of the day, they all go back into their charging box. We have a box in our office where all the electronics live. And whenever they're done with that time, the electronics go back there. They get plugged in. We know where the electronics live at all times. We know if one is missing or if something's happened to it. So that is a huge tip I would recommend is to have all your screens in one box, in one place that's plugged in that you can see, and they all live there. They do not live as this goes for cell phones too. We have one child with a flip phone (laughs) and that lives in the kitchen to be charged. So those are kind of our boundaries as far as electronics. And we have found that that works really well because we know where they are. It doesn't interfere with our kids sleep. They're not trying to look at video games late at night or, or chat with friends or anything like that. Number three, talk to your kids about the boundaries that you've created with your spouse. Say, okay, we're not going to do any screens during the week unless it is for school. And on the weekends, our rule is that you can have three hours of screen time. Sometimes we break that up depending on what we're doing in the weekend, but usually it's like, uh, Saturday afternoon or Sunday afternoon, you can have three hours of screen time. This works really well because it gives Stephen and I downtime that we know that we're going to get because our children will all three be on their devices at one time. So maybe that's a time where we can meet together to go over things for the next week or connect with one another or just take that time to read a book and rest So we know that that big chunk of time will be usually sometime during the weekend in the afternoons. We've also established that when we go on vacation and when we go on trips, the iPads are much more accessible. So for example, when we are in the airport, after we go through security and we may be waiting at the gate, Usually our kids can play on their iPads. If we have a nice long stretch, if we're just going to be hopping on the plane in five minutes, we usually keep it in their backpack. But they're allowed to use their iPads in the car if we're going on a long trip, unless it's windy and your kids might get car sick. As I said, they're allowed to do it before we get on the airplane and then after we are on the airplane. And once we get to our destination, we draw the line with, okay, once we get off the airplane, that's it for iPad time because we've noticed it's been difficult if they want to take it out while we're at the baggage claim or they want to take it out while we're trying to do something else. If we are sitting and waiting to get a rental car or we are stuck in one place for a long time, we are usually pretty lenient and we'll let them continue playing on their iPad. But if we are moving somewhere quickly, it's far more effort to get all that out and then put it all back in. So that is my tip for number three of talking to your kids about the boundaries that you've kind of created and when you should do that. 
Number four is stick to your guns. So this is the most important. This step will help you with all the other steps. So step four is stick to your guns. And this is the most important step. If you don't have this, it will not solidify the rest of the three steps. So your first one is to talk with your spouse, figuring out your boundaries around screen time, what's appropriate, what is okay for your family. Number two, all screens should live and be used in public spaces. Number three, talk to your kids about the boundaries that you've created. If they're older, you can connect with them a little bit more and tell them why you've established these boundaries. But really, you want to just let them know this is what our family has decided. This is what is healthy for you. And number four, stick to your guns. Stay strong about the boundaries that you have created. Your kids already know what the boundaries and the rules are, and they will eventually stop crying for more screen time if you stick to your boundaries, if you are strong. If you decide to waver and constantly say, oh, it's fine. Okay, I'm I'm just really tired. I'll give you a screen. Then they're going to know that all they need to do is cry. So stick to your guns, number four, and stick to those boundaries that your kids already know that you've established with your spouse, and it'll be far easier. Oh, as always, I love hanging out with you. Come on over to our Facebook group, the Busy Vibrant Mom Facebook, and it's so much fun. We have a wonderful community of women in there who love to make new connections and talk about what tips are helping them in their motherhood. So come on over and you will find a really fun community. If you're having trouble implementing any of these steps or other steps, or you just need a hand to hold, let me know. I would love to connect with you one-on-one and do some coaching. You can reach me through my website, birdmichelle.com, or you can reach me through the Facebook group, the Busy Vibrant Mom Facebook And I would love to connect and hang out. So come on over. All right. I hope you're having an amazing, busy, vibrant day. If you like my mom's show, please leave a review. Post a screenshot in your Instagram stories and tag her. Pretty please. This podcast has blessed you in some way. Please leave a review on iTunes. It lights up my heart when I hear how God is using this podcast to help other women too. This is the number one way other women will find this show and be blessed. So please leave a review and don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Thank you and God bless my friend.